Regression therapist and ET contact researcher Mary Rodwell is digging deeper than ever these days when it comes to what she's learned about starseed children, their families, and most importantly, their amazing encounters. From space schools on ET craft to visits to underground bases, some of these kids have seen, heard, and experienced things that will no doubt stand you on your ear. In this discussion with Mary, filmed on location while in Watford, England, she shares some incredible stories based on true accounts from a family featured in her landmark book, The New Human. What you are about to hear may challenge your conventional ideas of reality or expand your understanding that many are indeed morphing into a new kind of human and one that is inextricably linked to non-human intelligence. Well, we have just been just about been all over the world, Mary Rodwell, haven't we? <laughs> Something like that. Yes. <laughs> I am with my dear, beloved friend and colleague, Mary Rodwell. Once again, nearly a year uh, since our last meeting in uh, New England, my home. Yes. Now we are in the UK, in Old England, <laughs> and I might add in this absolutely stunning manor mm -hmm. called High Elms Manor, where you're going to be giving a talk this evening. I'm so delighted to be with you again. Such a delight. How long have you been here from Australia? Yet another, she's the world traveler. This has been a long one for you, right? Almost eight weeks. Wow. So I've done seven venues in the UK and now in Austria before I can fly home. I'm looking forward to my bed. I'm sure you are. Yes. So something's going on, I would say, with you, Mary Rodwell, and all this information you are disseminating to the world mm -hmm. based on the frenetic pace you're now keeping. What do you think is happening with people just receiving you so well. And each year is going up exponentially mm. in terms of people sort of, last year our theme was coming out of the closet and really mm. uh, people are really starting to come to the table and share their experiences. And you have a lot to do with it. What, what, what do you think is the, the catalyst? Is it the timing? Is it, what's going on, you think? Well, I'm pretty certain some of it's timing that I think people now are waking up exponentially. Absolutely. Um, in terms of their really seeing what's happening with the planet. So are actually receptive now to things that maybe even five years ago would have been very confronting. Sure. But what I've been very heartened but also surprised by is how people are connecting the dots with what I call the, the, the children. Mm. Um, because as soon as I mention Asperger's or autism or um, ADHD, the numbers of families that are telling me that their children have either a form of autism or um, are ADHD and what have you. And, and really understanding that this is something different. They want to understand their children. They want to understand why they're different. And for, for whatever reason, you know, although we've known metaphysically about the labels being given, crystal children, indigo children, children of light, all those rainbow children, mm -hmm. and seeing them as different programs of human, they've never quite added the, the, the important bit with that is how is this happening? How is this happening? What is the truth? That's corporate? right. And that has been confronting, but also not so as you'd have expected, because the latest stats I heard about Texas was that in a poll they did recently, when they asked if they believed in extraterrestrial encounters or people having contact and them visiting us, 99% believe now in Texas, the ones they polled, that we are indeed being visited and they're here. 
Now, when you say they, are you talking about individuals that we call the letter people, individuals with autism, or just in general, the general in, population? In general, the population. Ah, oh, really? Actually, this is Texas. Texas is a big state, by the way, one of the and biggest in our country. And when they polled wow. saying, how many of you believe that craft, you know, we're seeing real craft and they are extraterrestrial and visiting us, how many? Mm -hmm. And they apparently 99% said, yes, I believe they're visiting us. Mm -hmm. Now you tell me how that's happened right. in a state like Texas, I mean, you're American. That is quite fascinating. Yeah. There's this acceptance that's going on that has not been seen before, where people have been so open to that um, possibility. So when I talk about it, you know, extraterrestrial intervention in our genetic uh, makeup, and how we are evolving through that mm -hmm. and what they're doing, and this is the new programs, people are getting it, yeah. which to me is extremely heartening, but also still surprising, given the fact that if I'd said this, I don't know, five or 10 years ago, I suspect it wouldn't have been the same. Mm. Right place, right time. Absolutely, timing. Right. Mm. Well, we're going to go from that. This is this is really where I want to focus the conversation, Mary. We're going to go not necessarily dark, but we're certainly deep, mm. <laughs> because as we know, there are a multiplicity of components to this this uh, phenomenon we call contact with non-human intelligence. We like to say NHI. Mm. Uh, I was ha have been perusing your fabulous book, The New Human, which, as you said, is we know is doing quite well for in mm. part for the reasons that you mentioned, and I found. Uh, Chapter five, particularly intriguing. We've touched on this before. We're talking about nights, what I like to call night school. It's been referred mm. to as night school, space schools, space schools on Mars. The fact that many of these new children, new humans, are being taken off world. In some cases, you had mentioned underground. We're going to mm. talk about this sort of confluence of being taught by non human intelligence uh, as well as human intelligence in a covert way. But chapter five is the chapter that really hones mm. in on that idea. And I want to focus our conversation on uh, a woman that you profile. You call her Amy uh, in the book. I don't know that that's her real name. And, and her three children, Max, Clementine, and Fern, mm. all of whom have had uh, uh, a multitude of paranormal experiences, yes. including contact experiences. Mm. So yes. let's, let's get into that a little bit. Amy's story is intriguing, uh, not short of any drama, including the presence of perhaps military involvement. So what can we, what can we uh, start out talking about, Amy? Well, this is a theme <clears throat> that seems to go through many that are having encounters. When we look at their background, um, many times now, I would say a preponderance of the percentages of those having contacts may very well have had a parent, mm -hmm. usually father, in the military. And that is intriguing in itself. So why? Why, uh, why is that? And it goes back to the fact of what does the military know mm -hmm. about our visitors? What, do the, what are interactions are they having with the visitors? What is their um, whole relationship with the visitors? And there seems to be um, um, a very complex series of programs that they're involved with, with certain species of ET. Mm -hmm. What also seems to be happening is, and I believe it's because if you look at the fact you've got a contained population that's under the Official Secrets Act, right. you have carte blanche to a certain extent to utilize the 
the, the humans within that framework. And many will say, my father was involved in some secret program or some program he couldn't talk about. And what they will then tell me is they were ex having experiences right from a small child. Some of them when they, and one of the, the lady that you mentioned there, um, it was in regression that she discovered even more okay. of, of the fact that, you know, she always said, my dad always had told me quite casually, of course, we're being visited, you know, the, there's got to be life out there and whatever. She hadn't realized just how much he knew until she'd actually seen him in experience where um, he was aware that she was being taken and taught um, various subjects on craft and she actually saw him there. And what, dis what distressed her was he hadn't been honest with her, that he hadn't yes. told her that. She That's seemed to be very distraught about that, yeah. Because up to then, you know, it's like your father is keeping from you the most important secret in the world and hadn't been open and honest. And she always believed that he was. So it broke her heart. Mm -hmm. But she was seeing how much they are involved in certain programs off-world mm -hmm. and had been on craft. And this is the whole bottom line of, you know, secret space program, everything to do with that is part of this. And, and also why she and her family, the children, because we know it goes through the genetic lines, yes. the children too are also being taught off-world. We're going to get into that. Fern, Clementine and Max, mm. this is just stunning. We are hearing about this more and more. It seems it's inescapable that there is a, a military connection that is ubiquitous. We talked offline about, I had asked you, what branch of the military do you believe is most involved in these sort of uh, covert uh, programs? And you, for some reason, feel it's the Navy. Not, not in yes. exclusively. <laughs> not but, exclusively. Yeah. But there was, when I looked into this in some research, one of the whistleblowers had mentioned the one that knows the most is the Navy. Mm -hmm. And that's why we call them space ships. Interesting. Um, because of that. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, the Navy apparently knows the most. Although obviously, uh, and there's a certain, I think, conflict between different, the different military groups and mm -hmm. what they know. I don't think they always share as much as they would like. Mm. There's this, you know, I've got more of an angle. And it may be because they were involved in the Philadelphia Project, for example. Philadelphia Experiment, um, right. So, yeah, that's right, the yeah. Philadelphia Experiment and Montauk and all of that. So yes. maybe they had a, a, an edge on the other um, military groups, I don't know. Very interesting thing to look deeply at. Well, we're gonna, I do wanna talk a bit more about the father and his presence in this entire mix for, for Amy, um, but I also wanna get into the children and some of the things that uh, she had talked about, some of their proclivities, psychic proclivities, it's mm. fascinating. But um, let's talk about this intergenerational link. Mm. We talked about this before. Apparently, this is something else that's not just one off. It's not just, it seems to be, uh, there seems to be a lineage involved here. What, where is that coming from for you? What, what, do you? what do you think, first of all, how common are you finding that to be versus interviewing individuals who may just feel them, themselves to be the black sheep of the family, if you will, the only one that's being an ex ha having experiences? It's a good question, um, and it's hard to make a categoric statement other than to say, you, I, I go back now, I mean, you know that my background's nursing midwifery, mm -hmm. I've got that kind of biological, scientific um, 
curiosity mm -hmm. that this just doesn't suddenly happen. Right. There's got to be some reason why, to start with, these intelligences are interested in us. So it goes back, I believe, to the very nature of human DNA and that we, um, and there's, you know, I talk about this in my book time and time again, is that it, th there is no question in my mind from whistleblower in, um, material as well as from genet geneticists that we are intelligently designed, that they can see where certain parts of the gene have been cut and spliced and joined together again. Right. So without question, I think, you know, if when they're allowed to admit it, um, we're an intelligently designed species with also 223 genes that no other species on this planet has. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about the fact that I met a geneticist, a retired geneticist in Adelaide, who worked with Dr. Francis Crick mm -hmm. and told me exactly that. There is no other species on the planet that has those genes, all to do with higher psycholo psychological function. You said that, that's right. So, okay, Dr. Francis Crick talks about they program the genes so that when we reached a certain level of, uh, um, if you like, awareness, we would then find out more about ourselves. Oh, and that's he said that they who's they they and he was he he mentioned without question that we are such a complex um, species. There's no way that happens by chance. Um, there's, m m there's many other things he mentioned. So the clues are there. So have we reached the level of intelligence where we're finding more about ourselves? Yes, we have. We now are doing the very things that these intelligences were doing with us to create Homo sapiens sapiens. And they are doing it and been doing it all along. And that is their interest in us because it's also about the fact that we have DNA that is not yet activated, that, you know, they call junk litter, et cetera, et cetera. And they know full well it's not. They, exactly, because, but what that is, is that junk DNA, actually ET DNA, that is being activated and suddenly someone says, you know what, I feel I'm from the Pleiades. Isn't that something? I, am, I feel I'm from Arcturus, what's going on? They're being triggered, they're being activated because it's time and they are now finding out more about their genetic heritage. Could that have something to do, Mary, let's take this all the way back to the beginning where you had mentioned that the almost entire state of Texas uh, being pulled feels that not only is there a presence, but that they may have some involvement in it, you know, uh, loosely speaking, of course. Are they being, are we all being triggered to some extent, do you think? I not have, yeah. all of us, but a, a great deal of us. I think this is a consciousness shift that's going on this planet. And depending on your level of receptivity um, or acceptance or yeah. awareness depends on how much you're activated. So it's almost within us, we've all got that particular point where we are ready to be activated. When our consciousness reaches a certain level of receptivity, we get activated. And that's why it's a, you've got some that are still not ready to go there. Of course. Still and many. others that are they almost overnight will change from being in a 3D materialistic world and then without, you know, some of them may just have seen a, a UFO that night before, not realizing that they're not just seeing a UFO, that in fact there may be a download of information, they have, may have even been picked up. And I will say to anyone who has had a sighting, did you feel differently afterwards? Mm -hmm. And they will say, well, actually, yes, I did. You know, I don't want to eat meat anymore. And I found that, you know, I don't really want to do my job anymore and whatever. And then when you look at it, you find out that actually they've been picked up. Because even though it may be a few minutes for them in Earth time, in Earth they time. could have been on the craft two hours. 
yeah. and not known that. Absolutely. So, th so, and then I'll send them the questionnaire because they won't realize. And as they look through the questionnaire, they realize, oh my goodness, this seems to have been happening all my life. And I had no idea. If you'd like to hear the full episode, you can find it on our YouTube channel by simply going to youtube.com forward slash higher journeys. And while you're there, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks for tuning in to Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks.